Hello, my name is Zach Robichaud. And I'm Jackie Mignot. You're listening to the podcast Made Flesh. Conversations about an embodied faith. We are at the spectacular Calgary Central Library, sipping our Luke's coffee, sitting down with people to talk about the incarnation. We aren't reporters or experts, but we are questioners, and we are on a quest to have a conversation around the central Christian belief that God became flesh. Welcome to this new episode. Uh, in this episode, Jackie and I are simply talking to each other. Uh, we, we couldn't get anyone better to talk to. So, uh, well, that's not true. We, we planned on this. We are asking each other why the incarnation is important enough to make a podcast about it, why it's important to each of us. And so we share our own stories, our spiritual journeys, uh, where we came from, sort of where we're at now, and why the incarnation matters within that. Uh, one of the things that becomes apparent is that we don't have it all figured out, uh, that we're still searching for uh, a deeper meaning, a deeper application of what the incarnation means. And so, you know, even as we get to the end of the episode, uh, we, we, there are a lot of loose ends, lingering questions, and we hope that you can join in those questions with us. Yeah, I am excited to uh, share this with you, this conversation. It's, it's an honest conversation, and I was nervous. I'm nervous about having people listen in on some of these things that kind of hit really close to home, but I think that's kind of the power of um, exploring and taking dead seriously the incarnation because it hits really close to home. So hopefully this raises some questions for you. And um, I hope it's, it's life-giving like it was for us. Yeah, my name is Zach Robichaud. I'm a high school teacher. I teach math and physics at a school in Calgary, a faith-based school. And I've been a student of theology my whole life. Mm-hmm. And... Um, always been really fascinated with it um, and and really always embraced it. Um, there hasn't been as much skepticism or I've never mm. let doubt or skepticism kind of take deep root. Right. It's always been there to a certain degree, but um, I've always wanted to find meaning and uh, trace roots and just understand things better. Mm. Um, so yeah, that uh, that's basically who I am, and I'm a father and a husband and uh, lots of other hobbies, which I'm sure will yeah come out in other interviews. Yeah, <laughs> um, is it worth talking about kind of where we grew up, our faith backgrounds, shed a little light onto sure maybe some of our thinking or yeah. questions? I grew up in a Seventh Day Adventist family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, both my parents uh, converted to Seventh-day Adventism uh, when I was a child. And uh, my father was became a pastor okay. in that tradition. And then I ended up going to a couple schools, an elementary school for a few years, and then a high school for a couple years um, mm. that were SDA. And then also uh, completed my university at a Adventist college, okay. which is where I met my wife. And then I worked... Mm. at Adventist summer camps 
and then at an Adventist church as a youth pastor. And then I taught for one year at an Adventist school. Wow. So I was kind of the poster boy for Seventh-day Adventism. <laughs> you were. I grew up uh, basically hmm. in a very isolated world, although I did go to public school for a little while, um, Catholic French school. Right. And, you know, it was me and the Jehovah's Witness kid who would always kind of go to the library during catechism class. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very much Seventh-day Adventist. And then, yeah, after our year teaching, uh, both my wife and I are teachers, um, at an SDA school, we decided that we would explore other traditions hmm. and uh, for a variety of reasons. But um, it was a very exciting time because now the whole world kind of opened up to us. And um, yeah, I, I found it was a world of disappointment, <laughs> a hmm. lot of it. Like um, the world beyond Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah, the Christian world, uh, uh, the North American Christian hmm. expression of Christianity um, became quite mm. disappointing and that's when I really started pushing into different ideas and different mm. um, into the history of church um, yeah. and then ultimately just uh, yeah ultimately uh, a few things kind of caught my attention a friend introduced me to Orthodox uh, Eastern Orthodox tradition mm. um, so I started reading about that and discussing things um, and then also you know authors like N.T. Wright, uh, Brad Jerzak, Brian Zond, uh, Brian McLaren mm. um, just just kind of breathed new life into right. my faith and and really uh, mm. opened opened up from my perspective just like what the Christian faith is right as opposed to yeah, some of the more recent, I don't know, unhealthy. And again, I want to be gracious mm -hmm. to all these other traditions, yeah. but yeah, yeah, just the the anger or the dogmatism or yeah, the things that weren't that were making me angry, and then also um, pushing me away. Right. So uh, now I feel like I'm more drawn to Christ hmm. rather than yeah. kind of reaching for things that maybe I can hang on to. Right. Yeah. You said a few things in there that caught my attention. Um, so talking about disappointment in what you saw, I love that you didn't experience like an anger towards your roots. Hmm. Um, like I've never felt that from you. There's always kind of an appreciation and a mm -hmm. critique at times, or or maybe laughing about it, or not laughing about it, but yeah. we're all quirky. <laughs> I, I do I do really appreciate my Adventist roots, mm -hmm. um, and I have lots of friends who are Adventist pastors today. Right. I went to university with them. Right. Um, I have um, you know some got their PhDs in theology, right. and Adventism, like you know, so you know people have really kind of. I don't want to use the word entrenched, but really embraced the tradition right. and and just stayed. And I just for if anyone is listening who yeah. is not familiar with oh, Adventism, what? we should yeah. probably yeah uh, uh, Seventh Day Adventism is um, yeah if you haven't heard about them, mm -hmm. uh, there's probably a reason they don't do a lot of interdenominational work. Right. They're, I mean, some do, but by and large, mm -hmm. if you're 
in another country and you talk to Christians, um, or if you know there's a group, bunch of churches doing something together, right. um, the Adventist church won't be present. Hmm. So they uh, distance themselves from Sunday keeping churches. Okay. So they, um, yeah, there's a few distinctives. Uh, the main one is the Sabbath. So they believe that the seventh day Sabbath, which is observed by Jews today and have been observing it for centuries and centuries, right. um, continues to be the Sabbath and that it needs to be observed. Um, another distinctive, mm. oh, and then, of course, those who choose to worship on Sunday are following a lie. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's okay. a lot of, there's a lot of baggage on that right. towards Sunday keepers. Right. So it's like, oh, you're a Sunday keeper. Ah. Well, if only you knew the truth. So there, there was that little right. bit of, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can't participate together if, if you're being, if you're standing right. in judgment of, of someone yeah. who, yeah. who actually interprets things differently. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then there's a big push towards the health message, which is, you know, our bodies are the temple of God. Okay. So they and they also follow like some Levitical food laws. Okay. So they don't eat unclean meats, but they don't hold to the kosher right. full full kosher okay. diet. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. I no no bacon for me when I was growing up. Oh, no, okay. no lobster, no yeah. shrimp, none of that. Wow. Still still a little bit of a psychological barrier yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like digging into the, you know, pork chops. <laughs> Still like, oh man, is this okay? Am yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then you know, their interpretation of hell is um, uh, annihilationism. So the wicked will be burnt up in the end. Okay. Um, there is no eternal conscious torment kind okay. of version of hell. Um, and but I think the one thing that I really really appreciated was their biblical scholarship. Hmm. And where the church came out of the historical roots in the late 1800s was a whole bunch of people believed that the second coming was imminent. Right. And that prophecy was foretelling that, you know, Jesus was going to show up on a day in October in 1844. And it didn't happen. So mm -hmm. these people who had left all of these different denominations right. were kind of ashamed or they were, they were mocked in a sense. And so they couldn't go back to their home churches. So they banded together and in a sense brought a lot of the best teachings huh. or yeah. unique teachings right to the table and so when they're defining this new church huh. you you have you know so yeah and you know since we're talking about incarnation like this is right. you know kind of mm. the faithful perhaps a little misguided in believing that this prophecy was being interpreted yeah. this way um but then forming the body and forming a new body and uh, yeah, I, I mean, they really love their Bibles, like in right. good evangelical tradition, like sola scriptura, let's, Did let's learn our Bibles. So we learned our Bibles. Right. Did you do sword drills? No, no, no. Uh, they weren't, they were never called that. But yeah, there was like someone's reading and you try to find the page yeah, and start yeah, reading yeah, along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of Bible quizzes and lots of Bible memory. Right. And you know, I remember, you know, six years old, I could recite all the books of the Bible from oh, Genesis wow. to Revelation. I can't do that. No? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. no. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I'm still very impressed at my ability to, like, oh, I want Mark 3, like, two flips and I'm yeah, there. Yeah. You know, it's like, no problem. <laughs> you know. Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah 7, got it. Oh, my you know? goodness, so, yeah. 
um, that in just a yeah I, I don't know um, hmm. uh, very much a service oriented church as well lots right. of schools and hospitals so that if you do go to a, a different country like you'll see oh there are Adventist schools right. and there are Adventist hospitals right. and uh, you know in the states there are lots of Adventist hospitals and right. there's Loma Linda University okay um, where Southern Baby Faye got her, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Baby Faye got her baboon heart. That's uh, back in the eighties. Oh, if I you remember that? I do not know that story. No, oh, no. Well, I won't. Okay. <laughs> For another time. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that that's that's where I come from. And so I would say about fifteen years ago, my wife mm -hmm. and I both at the same time decided, hey, let's uh, right. let's move out of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And what would you? say so kind of this understanding of the incarnation which we want to dive into but what what is drawing you to that question or what is the questions you have around that what are the questions i should say yeah uh, well the questions i think i want to talk about you know why why it's important to me mm. um maybe and then then i'll follow it with some questions the I was really taken by N.T. Wright's book, Surprised by mm, Hope, Okay, yeah. Um, which is about the resurrection. And as an Adventist, we don't really celebrate the resurrection so much ah. because it's, you know, anything to do with Sunday is like, whoa, beware, beware. Oh, this interesting. is dangerous territory. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. so many questions. Yes. I want to know what Easter's like um, at an Adventist church. Yeah, like Good Friday pretty big yeah um, and just a big focus on the death right so the yeah. sacrifice part yeah, of it. yeah yeah the resurrection oh wow I, yeah I really and maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention but it just never like we believed in the resurrection yeah and I could tell you all the stories about the resurrection right. in the Bible yeah what it meant yeah there, I, I just never had much right use for it yeah so I remember you know, one of my colleagues uh, teaching at a Christian school, and he was a pastor who had gone gone into teaching, and him saying, "Oh, the resurrection's everything. Like without the resurrection, like there's nothing." Right. Because I was thinking, like, okay, what if uh, there's no eternal life? Let's say there's, um, you know, he's like, you know, could would I still follow Jesus? Would I still choose his path? Right. Um, and he's like, no, the resurrection is everything. That's where all the power is and all this. So, oh, okay. I should oh, I should think about that for a little yeah, while. Yeah. And I read Surprised by Hope and I was just like, Oh right. that's why we're here. We're here uh, to join with God in mm. the restoration of the world and reconciliation of all men and women and right. and the you know, nature and hmm. to God. And so I I was very um, inspired by this idea. Right. And then uh you know, I think there was a book by Rob Bell that, anyway, I, I got into this idea of, okay, well, we're really living in a parallel kingdom, you know, the kingdom right. of heaven now yeah, and on earth. Yeah. So we're living in this, in these two kingdoms at the same time. And, you know, when did that, when did that split kind of happen? And so for me, in my mind, I was like, oh, well, it happened at the resurrection, you know, because I'm learning all about the ah, resurrection. Yeah. So when Christ emerges from the tomb, yeah. he conquers death. And the kingdom of heaven is started right. now, okay, and it'll be fulfilled, you know, yeah. down the road. Yeah. So, in meeting a an Orthodox uh, Archbishop 
hmm. kind of retired, but still still leading services um, in D.C., uh, Archbishop uh, Lazar Pujalo. Um, I swung by. I just wanted to say hi. I'd been I'd read a couple of his books and you know listened to a, a bit of his of some of his work, and so I just wanted to say hi. And anyway, yes, such a gracious man. He he allowed me to sit down and we talked for an hour and a half, yeah. two hours. And so I, I brought this up with him. I said, "Hey, so you know the kingdom," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That I like that." Um, and I said, "So this begins like what I've been, you know, because I work with kids." And I was like, yeah. "So this and it starts at the resurrection." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. You're no, no, no. It starts at the incarnation." And I'm like, "Incarnation? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't really know anything about this. Like." Yeah, I know it refers to Christmas and you right. know, yeah. God becoming flesh. Hmm. Right. But no meaning attached to it. Christmas was more about presents, spending time together as family. My father, you know, Adventists aren't too strong on traditions. Like, and even again, like Easter, right. Christmas. Well, these are Romanized oh, okay. holidays. Yeah, ho- yeah, holidays. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, eh little more skepticism right. and don't want to embrace it too too much oh, wow. so my yeah. father you know wasn't wasn't too keen on having a tree right because you know that's you know german whatever oh, I don't know. so I all. so all of this was kind of had this i had a kind of a wall built up right or maybe just a, a blind spot towards incarnation so when he said that i'm like whoa okay so here i thought it was all about the resurrection he's telling me it's all about the incarnation all right, well, I better explore this a little bit more. <laughs> and yeah, and then at church, um, I was attending New Hope Church at the time. And our, that's our church that is now merged with another church. Um, and, you know, it was basically, you know, God is speaking to us everywhere. You know, this all-powerful, omnipresent uh, God who is continuing to work in all things right. towards restoration. And, you know, kind of linking those two ideas together right. with the incarnation. I'm like, oh, this this is actually pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. So um, that and then finally, I think um, where it really took root is a, a few books. One book by uh, Brad Jerzak called A More Christ-Like God. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. he basically. And, and this and this, I mean, I'm. I still hold a little bit of anger that it took this long for me to right. get this. And I mean, I know there's so much more that I need to get right. and understand and embrace and all yeah. these things. But um, the idea that Christ is uh, exactly what God is like. Right. So, and, and that kind of blew open the Bible a little bit more mm. because I had held the Bible so tightly as the word of God. Right. And now... Oh, now actually I can hold on to Jesus as the word of God. And the Bible is there to inform me a little bit about Jesus. Right. But Jesus is really what it's all mm. about. Jesus is God. God is just like Jesus. Right. So, and that's in a book by uh, called uh, A More Christ-Like God. Right. And then uh, a couple of books by Brian Zond. Uh, last summer I read uh, A Farewell to Mars and Beauty Will Save the World. Oh. And those those two books, uh, mm-hmm. kind of reading them one right, right after the other, just kind of opened up the character of God. Right. 
uh, as a God of peace, a God of humility, a God of um, mm. of saving uh, via sacrifice and just pouring pouring out, you know, and and a lot of that from Jerzak as well. So um, just all of a sudden now embracing Christ more, right, and realizing or you know being told that the incarnation is what it, where it's at, right. Um, yeah, just basically open, blew open the Bible. So now I love the Bible even more, right? Because it doesn't really hold me back from God. Yeah. Some of the things in the Bible, I'm like, ooh, ugh. <laughs> it doesn't sit great. No, there's a lot that doesn't sit great, and yeah. I think it's worth wrestling through yeah. a lot of those things. But yeah. now I'm just not, I'm not as interested in defending mm-hmm. the Bible as I am in, in embracing and understanding God. Right. And Christ, through Christ. Mm. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In these, you know, in this exploration of the incarnation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. One more question I have for you. What, how does that all kind of take shape in your day-to-day real life? Like, did it, or can you name any of that? Would, mm-hmm. how does that, I don't know, fill out in your real life? Because, um, for people who are into theology and like a lot of it is how it transpires in our minds and in our conception of things. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that these ideas play out in your real life that you could name? Yeah. Um, just, just the view that Christ, like we are a part of Christ. So we, we participate Mm -hmm. We like just as yeah. we were participating in the resurrection, and we have like purpose in restor- restoring the world. Right. When you when you start looking at the incarnation, it's like, well, who are we? It's right. so it becomes more identity than action, and so we yeah. become, we are the body of Christ, and so and and Christ is in us. So, you know, we we are participating in the incarnation. Right. And we are a part of that. So how that plays out is, you know, so when I, you know, when I'm teaching, I look at my students and I'm like, oh, that's Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's it's far more easy to right. see Christ with this theology. Right. With this understanding. Um, and just, uh, you know, so then how do I treat Christ in my yeah. classroom who's struggling with factoring trinomials? <laughs> or you know like or struggling yeah. with not yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to make the grade for their parents or yeah. you know like all, all of these things so you yeah mm. just the level of compassion um now there's you know right. it's it, yeah it's um far surpassed i think what because before you know participating in the resurrection it's like well here i'm here to fix things or right. to make things right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's no, I'm not. Well, mm. I, I am, but how do you do that? And you do right. that through the character of Christ, right? And what Christ's character, um, through, by abandoning authority and by, huh. you know, rejecting violence and, you know, like that. Yeah. That whole yeah view now it's like well now, oh I'm the suffering servant. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here to conquer the saving servant. Yeah. 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 That. So almost at every point in my daily life, as Mm. I'm reading the news and I'll be super specific as I'm reading the news about 
um, I guess you can say white evangelical support in the states mm-hmm. for their president. And I, I think about this and I think about um, exactly what you just said. Like there is a, if there is a Jesus truth, yeah. we don't get to it any way other than the Jesus way yeah. of getting to yeah. it. Like if we are upholding some sort of truth in our that we hold Jesus as some sort of truth, we won't get to it unless we're going this way that Christ goes, which is humility and mm-hmm. that like that path, um, yeah. an embodied path, like not a not a in your brain yeah. belief path, but a, a way of living on the earth path. And mm-hmm. so I, when you just said that, I was like, yeah, that I've been thinking that a lot lately. Yeah, the ways. Well, and I mean, having yeah. having come from a denomination mm-hmm. and then. Not really identifying with any denomination. Right. Yeah. I mean, I attend a Calvinist church, which <laughs> and I'm not a Calvinist. Like all like you know, I appreciate Yeah. John yeah. Calvin, okay. Um Sure. Yeah. I appreciate lots of people. You know, and even like C. S. Lewis, like I was reading yeah. Mere Christianity yeah, and like, yeah. oh man, like yeah. uh, I don't I don't feel yeah. like I did before. Um, so, right. you know, I, I appreciate, but, you know, not being able to identify with any mm. denomination um, super strongly. Um, right. I, I look at the history of the church and really the history of the church has been really just understanding that has allowed yeah. me to have so much grace right. for my brothers and sisters in different traditions. Right. And that, but also just mm. recognizing that anytime the church embraced power yeah. anytime the body of christ embraced power it ceased to become christ yeah it like and yes god has grace for you know all of these right. people who are you know well-meaning and stuff but as soon as they embraced power and wanted to assert it it their their power was evaporated like the Off the rails. christ is yeah. now not recognizable hmm. and so you know to to see christ it needs to be the Jesus right. way. It needs to be yeah. through through sacrifice. Like it's not about yeah. you know, and another thing too is just this movement towards moralism. It's like right. it's not about morals. It's not right. about, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. right thing to do. It's yeah. about being Christ. Yeah. Full stop. And and like there's no yeah. there's no gray area there. Right. I mean, and I don't want to say like, no, well, this is the saying. right thing to do. But yeah, yeah. Like if we just yeah. focus on Christ, then we end up reflecting him more and allowing him right. to live through us more. And right. we don't really have to worry about what the right thing to do or enforcing other people, right. other people's actions. Mm-hmm. And it's not about behaviors. Or, right. You know, and, and, and it's that subtle shift, I think, from participating in the resurrection to being christ mm, <laughs> so right that's and that's different it's yeah. like yeah i can do my job as a teacher or i can be a teacher like the, those are two right. different things like i can get i can draw my paycheck and check yeah. all the boxes yeah but if i'm not actually being a teacher yeah yeah there's there's no sense in it there's yeah. no yeah there's no joy in it there's no yeah. and oh so that raises a whole bunch of other questions in my head about how are we how do we enter into um, being Christ in the world, being Christ's body, hmm. without getting into being, um, you know, the saviors of the world by, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. Western saviors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the other question I have that's that's one question the other question I have that you just when you're talking um, is how does that how does what we understand to be the way of Christ change or does it change with different social locations as they are now so we are both um, middle of the road middle class mm -hmm. white people mm -hmm. grown up in Canada mm -hmm. um, does that change does how we understand Jesus change because of our social location in this culture yeah, I, absolutely and I think I think it's harder for us we don't know what it yeah. means to be on the receiving end mm -hmm. of violence Right. And, and I mean, of all types of violence. Right. So, you know, read yeah. uh, Zizek's book on violence. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's got lots to say about, you know. Oh, right. That guy, yeah. Yeah, he's great. I haven't <laughs> I mean, read anything, I mean, but yeah. I, I, enjoy, about... I enjoy listening to him. Yeah. I, I don't know every, I can't understand everything he says. Yeah. But um, I really enjoy the challenges mm. he, he presents. Right. I, I, I think, you know, just as Jesus said, you know, it's more difficult for a, a rich man to enter the kingdom. Yeah. Like, we are that rich man. Right. <laughs> like, you know, when the rich young ruler says, hey, what yeah. must I do to be saved? And then yeah. he went away sad. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of me. Like, that's, right. that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for us to, you know, empty ourselves, well, there's a lot more to empty. Right. At least as far as those, those things, things that kind yeah. of take us over. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is authority. Mm -hmm. You know, a white Power. guy, white mm -hmm. guy, I have authority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or privilege, I guess that's, yeah. the, that's the buzzword right now. Right, yeah. So I have privilege. It's it's oh, yeah. difficult to empty myself of privilege. You know, and, and then yeah. I, would, I would buck against this idea of using my privilege. Because then, no, I actually, that's actually using power. Yeah. Which is not Christ-like. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, this could go so many places. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay. Anyway, yeah. that's where I'm at. I, I, yeah. I think I want to turn the tables here. Um, <laughs> Get us so many questions. Yeah. But that's good. I, and I yeah. think those are the kinds of questions, um, you know, that I still have and that you probably have right. with me that I think should come out in this podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the fact that I have a very, you know, Zoc view of reality or right. of the incarnation yeah. um, is, is limiting. So... You know, to be able to talk to people in these different embodiments of Christ. Right. Ooh, this is this the is gonna whole be thing. so exciting. I that's I totally agree. This sense of like none of us we only know what we know. Yeah. Like what you have lived we've lived through. And so yeah, part of the the process of putting this podcast together with and interviewing all these different people with different stories and different vocations in the mm -hmm. world is just trying to understand how we can might i don't know better see god better image imagine embody hmm. i don't know yeah so that's i'm trying to put i throw words a lot <laughs> at things as everyone knows that's good this is an audio podcast yes so, so i'll we'll, just we'll say use words. Those words yeah <laughs> just throw them out there so jackie um, uh, where do you come from and what's, yeah. what's your yeah okay well, so for me, um, I can honestly say uh, the incarnation and an encounter with an embodied understanding of Christ is what has saved me 
literally, like I think in my body and my soul, um, I can say that I think. And so since, okay, so there's a long story, <laughs> obviously. Great. <laughs> this. Um, so I'll just start at the beginning. I, so I grew up in Calgary here. Um, my parents were at, uh, when I was little, we went to a Foursquare church, which is a charismatic stream of churches. Again, not well known, um, mm. really. What, where did that denomination come uh, from? So it started Amy Semple McPherson, Azusa Street in uh, California. Uh, she had what tent meetings, basically, and she gathered a following, and people mm. experienced God in um, this charismatic way that seemed to be sweeping the nation in mm. the 30s, okay. <laughs> right? And uh, or earlier, I don't know. My dates are fuzzy. I got to do some research on that. Mm. But that's where the Foursquare kind of tradition comes from, the Foursquare gospel. I couldn't even tell you what those four squares are. Are at the moment. Shame, shame. Uh, we'll put a link. <laughs> Is that what podcasters say? <laughs> we won't put a no, link. No, we won't put a link. <laughs> we'll look it up. Um, anyway, so and 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 so what that does, it's a charismatic stream um, that would have a lot similar with kind of other charismatic evangelical isms. Uh, the biggest difference being it was founded by a woman, and um, so therefore there was no strangeness about women being in leadership mm. women preaching women leading um, right so that is the difference i think between my childhood and a lot of other things i've experienced mm. um so the church we grew up in i mean i learned all sorts of things i was suspicious of all the other christians just like any kid who any, grows up in church is suspicious of other good christian right yeah. like yeah. you just i'm like catholics those like they weren't christians in my head the united mm. church kids who were talking about their confirmations, which now I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. But back then I was like, well, you're not even a Christian then. <laughs> what? Um, so you still had that growing up in any kind of specific space maybe. Um, but my our pastors were their husband and wife team and they worked really well as a team. Mm. When I was then um, in high school, so grade 10, my parents thought, well, we were driving it was, the church was a ways away from our house they wanted to find somewhere closer and with a youth group mm. as is the thing when uh you're you have kids that age and so we started going to a different um pentecostal church like a pentecostal assemblies of canada church um and we were there for about four years but what happened there was quite um in it's i've tried to put words to this my whole adult life um, but what happened there was a, a strange thing that I think happened in a lot of maybe um, evangelical Pentecostal circles, whereas people get very wrapped up in the experience mm -hmm. of God. Right. Um, so so the, de the demonstrative displays of God's power through spiritual gifts, so, and really... Spiritual gifts like speaking in tongues really loudly and shaking all over the stage. Like this is the manifestations mm. of God in this way. It feels weird to even talk about it. You had a way ways. more fun oh, uh, it's upbringing. Just, it's <laughs> quite colorful, let me tell you. Um, so in some ways, there, this focus on this and the hardcore focus on it, whereas this is the only way to understand how God is in the world, mm. 
didn't like as it goes on we were there for a couple years we met people we liked we loved like friends um we we were musicians so we played on the worship team we traveled with the worship team um so in some ways it became a really fast identity but there's this part of me that just didn't sit well um some of the the ways of expression and then the ways if you didn't experience it well then you're not you you obviously there is some sin in your life that is Hmm. hindering you from experiencing god and all these things so this church life this is part of my story in a in a real way and i want to be protective though of other things because things did happen as happen in all churches where power is located in a few people and it seems when abuse happened and all these in your church oh yeah Um, these are things that that are hidden and have consequences and I so I don't even know how to speak well to that Um, so I'm just gonna say it imploded in a very real and damaging way for many 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 people Hmm. my family um, being included in that so that is going on at the same so while this is going on my little intense 19 year old heart is trying to figure out what's going on um who god is who is god who is god in this space i thought i knew who god was but what's going on here is not good and i know it's not good i know i can sense this the weirdness about power the weirdness Mm -hmm. about um who's in who's out who gets to say what is true or not um and just being on it, feeling increasingly more on the outside because I have questions and I'm, I'm, my spidey senses are going right. Um, as that's going on, and I, I don't know if this is a function of my personality, but a kind of a deep depression overtakes me in that time, and I, I don't know if it's a matter of. Well, I, I don't know. I'll just say this. I think I try to maintain control over the situation by then maintaining control of my body. So what, um, I mean, maybe this, and I think this is probably true of a lot of evangelical churches, is that your, um, the way you live, you are more holy, you are more gods, if you are more disciplined, and um, yeah, if you can maintain control on your body at all times. That is the way I... Control the passions. Control the passions. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the way I um, try to make my way through. And, it, it, and you know, under the guise of having health and have, being, you know, being a good disciplined person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but for whatever reason, it took hold of me in such a way um, that, that I, um, I... Full on, a full on eating disorder and disordered eating mm-hmm. and not able to function in the world. So where by the my last year of university, I I mean literally I'm I was a musician. So again, that leads into this perfectionism leads into yeah. it, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm practicing 4 hours a day. I'm going to classes, doing homework, and then working out 3 to 4 hours a day and planning all my meals. Like this is my whole world kind of crystallizes into this point and I know it's not healthy and I'm miserable I'm obviously miserable Mm. Um, lots of stuff going on in my body just 
And I, I liken it to, I, I put a wall up around my body. You were talking about a wall up too, which mm. is interesting. A wall up around my body and I put my body behind it and was like, this is what it means to be a Christian. I don't know if that was what I was thinking, but like I was trying to understand mm. who I was and who God was. And then this was the way I could try to hold on to some sense yeah. of identity. I don't know. I, again, I've, I have therapized I just made that word up. <laughs> Therapyized. <More words. laughs> um, this to death in my heart and mm. with my therapist, um, different therapists over the years. So that is kind of all going on, and it's it's deep and it's hidden and and it's just full of shame, right? Mm. I'm dead ashamed of all of it. I'm ashamed that I'm not in control of my body because then what happens is that <laughs> our bodies get hungry mm. when you don't feed them. Yeah. And so they want to eat. And mm-hmm. and so then there's this hiddenness. I, I, I will binge and then work out for four hours. And like mm. this pattern goes on. So yeah, a lot of shame, a lot of hiding. So what I, I can pinpoint this moment. So I'm at the gym. It, first of all, it is so funny for anyone who knows me now that I would go to a gym and let alone go to a gym for hours <laughs> because that does not happen anymore. <laughs> That's not how I do this. We, we grow up. We, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm at the gym and all of a sudden, don't laugh at me, but this song comes on. Desperate for changing Starving for truth Closer to where I started, we're chasing after you. I'm falling even more. Yeah. These are the words, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and my um, my knee starts bouncing, like it's dancing, like it's just moving to music as our bodies do. And I re- mm. I caught it, and I was like, oh. and literally, Zach, I can I can say I probably hadn't let myself naturally move oh, and exist wow. in my body in years and my knee starts to bounce and I start weeping wow. <laughs> in the gym and it was like my body was like let me heal you please like mm. let me come back yeah um and and I'm weeping people are walking the long way around me because you're, you're in the gym in and you're, the gym. you had headphones on could yeah. it, anyone else hear the song yeah yeah I was oh, playing it was, over the over the okay. loudspeakers but they weren't oh, letting it gosh. take them over so no. I, I wow this I see I've never heard all this <laughs> no this is I don't know any of this I'm stuff. pretty sure I did not, not a ton know, of people know the story but it is I did not know you had an eating disorder yeah and uh yeah so <laughs> yeah one, one question I mean it's interesting to me that you I mean, you were faithful. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were faithful, and yet your body wasn't able to really participate yeah. or or lead the way the yeah. way that you're talking here sounds like your body yeah. should lead more. Or yeah. you know, you hadn't allowed your you hadn't allowed your body to. to it lead. was I was so divorced from my embodied life, like mm-hmm. it was it was low, and mm. I me in my brain me and my soul was the hmm. the soul function so kind of like an ascetic in a sense totally right? yeah. yeah ascetic is definitely the word which hmm. is why i failed or i got yeah. a c in my desert father's class because i was like i can't handle any of this oh really Anyways, yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 
That's a whole other story. Um, So from that point, it was literally like, I feel like I, I had to leave the church. I left the church. My whole family left the church because in a real way, even though it's a charismatic church, so you're experiencing embodied mm. things, you're singing loudly, you're moving. The point and the goal of all of that was still to somehow ascend past mm-hmm. your humanness, yeah. ascend right, past right. your humanity and your mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, which is the weirdest and most ironic thing about my Pentecostal experience is that it was so not embodied. So the whole yeah. the whole point of God becoming human yeah is lost in that approach fully be- because you're Absolutely. dismissing the value of something that god has so much value created in. and yeah. then absolutely from wow. and that's yeah. why my path to life and and here's where i will i i trust the movement of god with my whole heart because from that kind of point on, it's like I'm walking past a bookshelf at the library, at the Fish Creek Library, and a book is on the shelf, and it's Dorothy Sayers, Man Born to Be King. Hmm. Never heard of her before. Do not know who she is. Okay. She ends up being you know, a fairly famous author, um, a contemporary with C.S. Lewis, and she's written this book on the life of Christ that is 100% embodied. It's hmm. the, the story of Jesus from the Gospels, written as a 1950s British person, right? But right. really embodied. Hmm. He's going through questions. Um, he's, yeah, he's he's asking himself questions. She has one scene stood out to me so much where he's talking to John the Baptist, who is his cousin. He's like, what's going on? Like, who am I? And, and what, do you, what do you think? And he's trying to understand. Hmm. And I was like, of course, of course, hmm. God, incarnates himself in a baby and that baby has to learn and grow like we all learn and grow and yes we say he's without sin and all of these things but there's this element of being a human that god has affirmed Mm -hmm. in the incarnation and it kind of from there goes and i i decided to go do a master's in theology after that point because i just needed to um i needed to know what was in this faith Mm -hmm. apart from what i had been given I had, it's like, yeah, I've never left my faith, but I definitely pushed away from expressions of it that, Mm -hmm. um, and I still do. I'm pretty weird about expressions of faith that are excarnated in a way because I, Mm -hmm. I just don't see the goodness there of trying to be not human. Anyway, so long story, there's a lot of books that came into my past. So that Dorothy Sayers one, Richard Rohr, I read Simplicity, um, that he wrote, like 20 so this is almost 20 years ago um and that grounded me more and i think Mm. i don't know if it was in that book but something he read and that i read at that time or he wrote that i read at that time was like find out your roots before you change anything like Mm. find out go deeper where you were given yeah first and so that's i went to regent and from there the humanity of christ that god created the world good so um, and creation care. This is where the phrase matter matters. Yes. I got that from mm-hmm. uh, because God matters, matters to God. He created it and he mm-hmm. redeemed it. So this body that I have been given matters. It is not to be ascended past. It's not to be, um, it is to be 
loved, like it's beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that to say, that's kind of where my story, that's where my, it's a super personal and mm-hmm. intense mm-hmm. Uh, story as to why the incarnation holds um, my imagination for what is possible and for what is good about following God, following Christ mm-hmm. and being loved by God. Um, yeah, and so from there, like so many things have, have come yeah. um, out of it. But yeah, I think I'm going to stop there for now. <laughs> well, uh, uh, a couple things. I, I want to probe a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sin. Because mm. you, I mean, in a few different things, yeah. you mentioned, you know, growing up, well, you don't have the spirit if you have sin in your life. Right. But then you live this life of trying to, you know, of being quite like, trying, yeah, being perfect, trying to push down any sin or at least hide it um, or punish it or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Punish it, yeah. Um, yeah. How does sin, hmm. or, or can you explain your understanding of sin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so my understanding of sin comes from, as, as it sits now, I understand sin to not be, like you kind of talked about this push towards moralism. Sin is not a sense of, um, like sin is not showing too much shoulder right. in church. Like sin is not... <laughs> um, all these things we have said is is sinful. Sin for me at the moment um, is a separation from the goodness that was intended. Hmm. The the connectedness with God, our Creator, um, and not just in our spirits, right? Not just for after when we right. die, but a connectedness with God, our Creator, now um, in the present, in this body, in my story where I grew up in my, you know, like all the things that make me me is where I'm supposed to know God. And so sin is anything that has kept me from trusting that. Um, Sin is, um, yeah, anything that keeps me from trusting that I am created good and now redeemed good. Hmm. And so, and there's this talk about like sin separates us from God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I 100% believe that all the garbage we exist, we live and we see through is the sense of we've been disconnected from who we are with God, but also who we are with ourselves and who we are with each other. Yeah. And it's these reconciliations that are the goodness that I see in Christ, that God, Christ in his body brings us back to ourselves. I feel mm-hmm. like the incarnation brought me back to myself hmm. in such a powerful way that that's I can honestly say that's the moment I was saved, not the not not the prayer, um, you know, when I was eight mm-hmm. with my mom and I right. was terrified of going to hell, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. The moment my my salvation comes from knowing that reconciliation being brought back to myself and then being and that's being brought back to God in a way, and not in this abstract mm-hmm. When I die way, not in a some cosmic courtroom, something happens and now I'm on the right side. Like right. yeah, yeah. it's this it, it's all pulled right back down into um something really personal and and how I move through the world. And then and then out of that comes the fruit of that is reconciliation with each other, reconciliation with our world. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, like we have these hints that other people, like someone like Paul in Romans 8, sensed something like that too. Like mm. all of creation is groaning. Yeah. We all long to be mm-hmm. reconciled back to, and not back to a pre-existence way, not back mm-hmm. to this um, Eden that's pre-human almost, mm-hmm. right? But um, I don't know now. I yeah, it's I, big and theological, but yeah. it's also super personal. And well, I mean, hmm. you, you talk about sin as a separate one, and you're not the only one who would mm-hmm. use separation as an analogy. Yeah, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, I see the incarnation as you know, not God embodying sin, but mm. um, entering into it. Yeah, to heal it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and not um, not punish it. And, but also not being, I don't know, like I, I, I uh, was it cripple? No, I uh, withdraw a little yeah, bit yeah, I, yeah. from the language of separation from God. Yeah. And I understand where it comes from, but yeah. I just don't see God being very afraid of it. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's like, well, separation from God. Yes, we separate ourselves from God. Right. There, you know, we can talk about right, right, ego. Right. We can talk about sin as illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, the sin that's going to, you know, yeah. what, what's Kierkegaard's a sickness unto death, like right. that that kind of, right. um, we, we can look at sin that way, but I don't see God as being very afraid of sin. Yeah, I don't. And so um, allowing God yeah. to enter it and kind of take it over yeah. from the inside, mm. um, subversively, yeah, <laughs> kind of go in and kind of mess with the DNA a little bit of who we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. I don't know. Like when I hear separation, I I get my back up a little oh, bit. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. No, I you know. see what you're saying though. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of words you can put to what this yeah. is. Um, yeah. Is it like for me? I don't even know if this is the right way to frame it. But for me, I under my understanding of sin right now, and where I can be like, oh, that. Is, is the sense of not being able to trust and being afraid. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that... I think that's the sin. Like, yeah. Not, I, not like, being able to trust yeah. and being afraid. Like, yeah. I think you can find a lot of life that is killed by those, right. those two, distrust and fear. Like, yeah. 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 You don't trust... Because yeah, you're going to lose power there. As soon as you trust, it's like, I'm not in charge anymore. I'm giving... Yeah. I'm yielding to this person or 100%. this god who you know what are they going to do to me right you know? yeah. So, yeah 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 so not being able to lay down and yeah rest in that you know? i think that's why that like that notion under for me putting that word to in connection with sin like yeah i mean gosh we're two yahoos yeah. in calgary we're not yeah, going right. to get to the bottom of <laughs> what sin is yes we are <laughs> believe believe but i think this sense of and i think that's where my divorce from my body happened mm-hmm. because I was so afraid of what would happen if I was not in control, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, so I think that's that's part of it. And so this sense of trusting myself, and I can honestly say, like, my trust of God has happened congruently with my trust of myself. Like, they're both connected, and mm-hmm. God wants both. Interesting, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, See, that's where I think I need to learn more about uh, yeah. that. Yeah. For me, yeah. is that, you know. Right. 
you know, I believe in my head. Yes, I need to lay down authority and power right, and, right, right, right. and trust. But man, yeah. that's a tough thing to do. That's oh, that's a journey of a lifetime. It it really is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is done at the Central Public Library here in downtown Calgary uh, where the Luke's Coffee Shop graciously gives us coffee we for pay for it. We money. Pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and music provided by Jennifer Oikawa. You can find her album Escape Plan to Canada uh, by the Jen Oikawa Trio on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your music. Support us by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite podcast platform.